AEW All Out 2020. I wasn't very excited for this show. I feel like the summer of AEW has been a little rough in terms of quality. A lot of wackiness. The the continuity has been lacking here and there from show to show. They kind of expect you to watch Dark and being the elite and follow the online stuff. And it just becomes a little messy. And in general, for anybody that's been following me, they know that I've not really been feeling Deadly B at all either this summer. In fact, North American wrestling, or the lack thereof, this summer has been kind of lacking. But I thought to myself, you know what? Even though this is a pretty busy night, you got UFC with Alistair Overeem. You got the NBA playoffs. You got top-ranked boxing. You got some baseball on. I said, you know what? AEW, no matter what, always delivers in the pay-per-view department. Well, unfortunately, for tonight... For as long as tonight's left, there is left of tonight, five minutes left at the time I'm recording this. That was not the case. What's up? Fred Ricciani, TSC, your home for sports and pro wrestling news updates, interviews, and everything in between. If you're new here, please consider subscribing. I'm here to recap AEW All Out 2020. I did not, did not expect this pay-per-view to end at 11.55 Eastern Standard Time in the PM. That's right, five minutes before midnight East Coast time. This show ran just a tad bit long. This show dragged just a tad bit. Okay, a lot of bit. A whole damn lot. And there was a lot more to dislike on the show than to like. And I don't really know where the hell to start, to be quite honest. I, re- I really don't. I guess, man. I guess let's start with the big story coming out of the show. And no, it's not any of the title matches. No, it's not the 21-man Casino Battle Royale. It's not the tooth-and-nail crappy cinematic match. No, it's poor Matt Hardy. If you don't know, Matt Hardy's had like the worst summer in a long time. So a a few weeks back, maybe a couple months back uh, at this point, he fought uh, Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara took a chair, threw a chair at Matt Hardy's head, Busted him open. I'm pretty sure Matt Hardy got a concussion. This was a couple months back. So ever since then, they've been feuding. And this was a match that they had where if Matt Hardy lost, he could no longer stay in AEW. And if Sammy Guevara lost, well, he just lost and I guess got his ass kicked by a legend. So they inexplicably start this match backstage. They're brawling all over the place. They had a part of the match that, that I guess took place like next to the, I guess the football stadium's right next to Daly's place. By the way, Daly's place in Jacksonville. Tony Khan, the owner of AEW, also owns the Jaguars with his father, Shad Khan, just for anybody that doesn't know. And so they, they I guess they recorded a spot earlier, whatever the case may be, where Sammy had the golf cart and it was a playoff of the empty arena or stadium match they did a few months back at Double or Nothing. They brawled backstage. There was a ladder set up with a table backstage as in like the concrete right no no not the ring floor not the pads not inside the ring this is concrete so matt hardy and, and sammy brawl up top uh, matt hardy hits a side effect on sammy guevara and matt hardy dead ass missed this table like guevara went through the table and hardy's like upper body and head fell on the freaking concrete it was horrifying it was mortifying. It was disgusting. And, you know, whoever's fault it was, I don't know. I don't care. Match should have been stopped. So at the time I'm watching this, 
Uh, referee Aubrey Edwards, who's normally a great official, uh, threw up, uh, I believe she threw up the X sign. If you don't know what the X is, it's not D-Generation X. It's supposed to be a sign that says, yo, this is not part of the show. We got to stop this match. Let's check out this dude. So then Dr. Sampson, who's the, the AEW doctor, who's the former DDB doctor, by the way, fun fact, he's the doctor that saved Jerry Lawler's life when he had that heart attack on Raw in 2012. So they come, they stop the match. Everybody's confused. Everybody's obviously concerned. Uh, Sammy Guevara walks to the stage. I don't know why. The match is over and the guy clearly is messed up. Like, get out of here. And then Matt Hardy just kind of rises from the dead. Looks spooky and out of it. And I'm not a doctor here, but he looked concussed. And there's a part of me in the back of my mind that's like, wait a minute. Like, this is broken Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy's always used to acting wacky and whatever. Something was wrong here. Something was wrong here. And then he starts brawling with Sammy on the stage after the doctor allegedly stopped the match. And then they brawl on top of the stage. Matt Hardy throws Sammy off the stage. Sammy goes through the stage, crash pads, tables, whatever the hell was there, the wood, you know, and I'm sure there's definitely some padding there, more padding than whatever Matt Hardy landed on. And Matt Hardy won the match. So was it a work? Well, Brian Alvarez, a former guest of our show, Wrestling Observer, he tweeted that Matt Hardy was on his way to the hospital. And then Rebby Hardy, Hardy, excuse me, his wife, who's also a wrestler herself and, and valet, and she's the woman behind a lot of the, the great YouTube videos and stuff that he, he's done, a uh, really creative person. She tweeted, Let me be absolutely effing clear. There is nothing entertaining about a concussion. Shame on everyone in that goddamn building. And it's accompanied by a screenshot of the last text exchange she had with Matt, where she said, "Love," where he said, "Love you. I gotta hit the football field in a minute to start a match. Hope you enjoy." And she responded, "I love you. Don't be dumb." And then a few minutes later, "What the f? You practically cleared the table. What the f, Matt? What the g d f f? Horrifying. Absolutely, positively horrifying. Just terrible." Scary as hell, and the fact that AEW allowed this man to continue this match. Some people, I've seen some idiots on Twitter say, oh, well, he wanted to continue. What's the point of the doctor? To protect the athletes from themselves. And look, I've criticized Eddie B for doing this in the past, especially when Kyrie Sane had that concussion in that TLC match, and I've criticized other companies before. And look, AEW's not absolved from this. I know everybody likes AEW. I know they're the alternative. I know there's a low bar for them at times because, hey, they're not WWE, so that automatically makes them good. But no, this was inexcusable. Unbelievably inexcusable. And I hope to God that Matt Hardy, just at the very least, has a concussion because that looked so bad that it looked like he messed up his neck and messed up his equilibrium. I don't know. I mean, obviously, actually, I hope it does. I hope it's not a concussion, but... Rebby season seems to confirm it is. Whatever the case may be, if he just gets off with a concussion, I feel like he's lucky because that is scary, folks. That is scary. His brain hit effing concrete. And they kept the match going. And Sammy Guevara, I know he looks young, but the dude's like 26, 27 now. Like, you're technically like a young vet now. You see the doc say, yo, let's stop this match. And, and I'm, not, I'm not saying Sammy has the power of a doctor or anything else, but somebody... Somebody has got to be the adult in the room and be like, dude, we got to stop this. Dude, Matt Hardy's not good. 
Like, if I'm Matt Hardy's opponent and I see he's not right, I'm not touching him. I'm not touching him. I, if Matt Hardy's out on his feet and doesn't know where he's at, I'm running away and I'm letting the match be stopped and that's that. Or you know what? If you want to do the spot, have Private Party or some other baby faces throw uh, Sammy Guevara through the table for Matt Hardy. If you really want Matt Hardy to stand up and continue and protect his quote-unquote AEW career in a stupid stipulation nobody believes anyway. But uh, from that point forward, uh, this took place after the Battle Royale. So there were one, two, three, four, five more matches left. This sucked the air out of the building. And granted, it's an open-air stadium, but it, it still sucked the air out of the building. I mean, that and the, the reported humidity uh, that some people were tweeting about who were in attendance. By the way, this was a limited att- attendance event. You call that irresponsible. I don't, I don't know. I, I wouldn't risk COVID to, uh, to watch a 21-man Casino Royale Battle Royale, especially not this pay-per-view if you're watching it now, but whatever. So that put a damper on pretty much the whole show because it was complete medical negligence and irresponsibility and just absolute BS. Ab- absolute BS. And uh, Jeremy Bowers uh, says here, Tony Khan really needs to shut the F up about this Matt Hardy thing on the air and just let the legal team speak and Tony Khan speak to Matt and his team. Oh, Tony Schiavone, he means. Okay, so apparently Tony Schiavone. Yeah, yeah that's right. So Tony Schiavone kept blabbing about Matt Hardy and, and I guess like somebody was blowing up his phone. And look, I'm not hating on Tony Schiavone. He's just trying to do his job and you know whatever's in, whoever's in his ear, presumably Tony Connor or Cody Rhodes or whoever's trying to tell him what to say. But horrible situation. Damage control, but Jeremy's right, man. If, if I'm Rebby, the legal team is talking to AEW because that's some that's some medical negligence BS, man. Straight up. Uh, 802 Blue says, yeah, he was knocked out. It was it was brutal. It was brutal. It was completely unnecessary. And it's a, it's a damn shame it went on. Uh, Sean Jennings says, I can't believe that you let that happen. Hope Matt is okay. Me too. Me too. I'm not trying to be morbid or anything like this, but this guy could have legitimately died. Okay, and, and who knows if he's out of the woods yet in the hospital. We don't know the whole thing. I mean, you could, you know, like, again, when I said, like, best case concussion, I'm not trying to be sarcastic here. Like, this guy could have had internal bleeding in the freaking brain. Like, it's, and, and then keep in mind, this is also Matt Hardy, who's over 40, uh, with a history of concussions, with the history of bad bumps, who just suffered a concussion a few weeks ago. Who also on top of that is a recovering addict and his issues have been well documented by him in various documentaries, interviews, etc. So, yeah. And look, you can say what you want about Rebby. She's a little volatile on Twitter. She's a little bombastic. What, whatever the case may be, at the end of the day, she's tweeting as a wife, as a mother of his children. And, you know, I can only imagine what, what kind of... I don't know. I can't even imagine what's going through her mind right now. It's awful. God awful. And shame on AEW for this. You know, there's a we're gonna go through the, the creative stuff and the creative things I don't like about AEW right now. Uh, but let me let me just say this, just to preface. You know, th- this this crap is inexcusable. That's it. It's it is inexcusable. Tony Khan's done a lot a, a lot right. I can't even talk right now. He's done a lot right. Okay, he secured a big TV deal for his company. Ironically, right before a pandemic, he got the action figure deal. I'm sure he's working on a video game deal. He's got a second TV deal coming up with TNT as far as for for a second show and. That's all great. He sounds like a, a great guy to work for, better than, than some of the football players that have to work for some of the personnel that he hired with the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's all great. That is all great, man. But at the end of the day, you need some quality control. It's the same thing I've been saying from the beginning, even when AEW put on good pay-per-views. You need quality control. You need quality control. So, 
With that being said, shame on AEW from a medical standpoint. I hope Matt Hardy's okay. I feel honestly kind of weird going through this from a storyline perspective because it's very irrelevant compared to a, a man's health, but we will we will try to do that right now. Um, also, a couple other bad bumps, which I, I guess you know I'll just get to the matches, then we'll go over it. So we had the pre-show opener. Uh, Joey Janela, my Jersey brother from Asbury Park nearby here, he he was accompanied by Sonny Kiss. He defeated some dork named Serpentico. Not really familiar with Serpentico. I never want to be familiar with Serpentico again. Uh, not a good match. Uh, Janela got the win with the flying elbow. I like Janela, but I did not like Serpentico in this match. We had Private Party, Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn, uh, defeat the Dark Order, Alex Reynolds and John Silver. I'm so tired of the Dork Order. Uh, I like I like the workers within Dark Order. At least I like Anna Jay. I like Brody Lee for the most part. Uh, you know, Alex Reynolds, I remember watching him years ago in New Jersey Indies and that dude's doing real well right now, and I'm happy for him. John Silver's not bad, but just the gimmick itself just sucks. I'm I'm tired of these overly gothy gimmicks, and you know, from the Fiend to the Dark Order to this to that to Doctor Luther. Like I'm just I'm I'm over this. Seriously, I'm over this crap. If I want to watch some gothic stuff? I'll watch like that Sabrina Netflix show or something. I just not feeling it. But Private Party got the win. We then had a cinematic tooth and nail match, which was originally on the pre-show. Got moved to the main show due to fan backlash. Uh, for the fans that wanted this on the pay-per-view, thanks. You paid for this, and it was all over the place. But it was a novelty. Uh, Britt Baker, Big Swole, they've been feeding for months. They brawled throughout Britt Baker's uh, alleged dental office. Uh, Rebel, a.k.a. Reba, Britt's helper, got thrown into the dumpster. That was kind of fun. And uh, I think it was like a, there was a syringe, but I think it was anesthesia. That big swole jammed into Britt's leg, made her leg fall asleep, and she beat her. And yeah, that was that. I'm kind of over these cinematic matches. This is a little too long for my liking, but if you liked it and you're a fan of both women, this is fine. Big swole got the win at the end, so whatever. We had the Young Bucks defeat the Jurassic Express. Pretty good match, but you know we're so used to seeing really good to great matches on Dynamite and NXT that this one just kind of felt like a TV match more than a match on pay-per-view. And I've seen better from both teams. Still, you know, they both worked hard, but just something was missing here, and I feel like that was the theme of the night. And uh, honestly, the highlight for me, uh, besides Jungle Boy being an absolute stud in a future main event, I really like that guy a lot. It was JR on commentary, low-key burying Marco Stun at ringside. And I guess Marco Stun got injured. He wrestled, I think it was Brian Cage or Lance Archer, one of the big men. He wrestled one of the big men. He got injured. I feel like this kid, this poor kid's injured like all the time. Hope he gets well soon. But yeah, JR just kept comparing him to like a bug or like a gnat. Or, uh, JR had a night on commentary, I'll tell you that much. But Young Bucks got the win. We then had the Casino Battle Royale. Where I guess the five enter every every time, and then there's the you know there's the clubs, the diamonds, the hearts, the spades, and the joker. Personally, I don't play any card games other than solitaire or Uno and Pokemon. Well, at least back in the day, Pokemon. Shout out to the hologram Charles Charizard I had back in the day. So I don't, I don't really care for the rules here, uh, but yeah, this match was just kind of a mess. We had Trent, who still has no last name. Christopher Daniels, Jake Hager, who insists on wrestling in boxer briefs, The Blade, Ray Phoenix, Frankie Kazarian, uh, Will Hobbs, Chuck Taylor, 
Santana Ortiz. I want to say this. Will Hobbs physically looks really impressive. I'm not too familiar with them, but he's got a good look. Uh, Billy Gunn, who's now known as Billy. Penta L0, aka Pentagon. Ricky Stark, so I'm really high on. He looks like the, the love child of Dwayne The Rock Johnson from 1998, but he, he's awesome. He's, he's a stud. Brian Cage. Darby Allen, who insists on trying to kill himself every every freaking five days. Sean Spears. Eddie Kingston. The Butcher. Sonny Kiss. Lance, Ar- Lance Archer. Excuse me. And Matt Seidel, a.k.a. Evan Bourne, as the Joker to surprise entrance. Oh, God. By the way... I'm not literally saying Darby Allen's trying to kill himself, but he's he literally is trying to hurt himself. He's taking these crazy bumps, and like my boy Jeremy says, he's going to end up in a wheelchair in five years if he keeps this up. Just because Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy and Edge and Christian and some of these guys survived the big bumps that they took, and they somehow didn't end up dead or in a wheelchair, doesn't mean that you should try to tempt fate to every single week. Darby Allen here took a power bomb. Either from Arch, I think it was from yeah, from Brian Cage, while in a body bag with thumbtacks in it. Why? And I like Darby. He just did a video with Tony Hawk. By the way, I'm reviewing the new Tony Hawk. If you want to stay tuned for that later, ridiculous, ridiculous. So here's some of the eliminations. Oh, I'll just go in order here. So uh, Will Hobbs eliminated the Blade. Jake Hager eliminated Daniels. Cage eliminated Billy Gunn. Darby Allen eliminated Ray Phoenix. Uh, Santana Ortiz uh, eliminated Chuck Taylor. Sonny Kiss eliminated Jake Hager, and that was awesome. I really like Sonny. And then he gets eliminated by Brian Cage, like, right away. Like, Sonny Kiss just made a huge elimination. You don't let it breathe, and he just gets eliminated. Okay, whatever. We add Trent eliminate Santana. Archer eliminated Trent. Archer eliminated Ortiz. Kazarian eliminated Penta. Butcher eliminated Kazarian. Darby Allen eliminated Ricky Starks. This went on forever. Brian Cage eliminated Darby Allen. Seidel. Oh, my God. So Matt Seidel debuted as a Joker. If you remember anything about Matt Seidel, a.k.a. Evan Bourne, you remember that his trademark move was a shooting star press. Now, perhaps it was the sweat and perspiration slash humidity and condensation, whatever the case may be. Maybe he had one of those edibles like he used to have in Daddy B that did him in back then. Whatever the case may be, this dude went up top for a shooting star press, slipped, had his arm not caught the rope on the way down. That could have been really bad. Now, thank God he looks like he's okay. But 2020 summed up in a clip. (laughs) That was that. And AEW's night was summed up in that one clip. Crazy stuff. But Seidel... Eliminated Sean Spears, who spent a lot of time outside. Archer eliminated Will Hobbs. Archer eliminated Brian Cage. Seidel eliminated The Butcher. Eddie Kingston, my main man from New York, eliminated Matt Seidel. And then Archer eliminated Kingston. I'm fine with Archer winning. I feel like Jake Roberts, unfortunately, ever since the Cody feud, has been kind of a waste. I don't really care for him all that much and I, I i think jake's a legend and all that but I, I don't know if he's really doing much for uh i don't know if he's doing much for our guy archer at this point i think archer should probably ditch him and challenge for the aw world title and you know what i would probably have archer win right now why not just 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 have him win and uh yeah so archer gets the win and then we had the matt hardy match as i mentioned before which was not that great uh, I mean, not good at all. It wasn't much of a match. It just, 
a broken rules match. It was it was wacky. Uh, Hikaru Shida defeated Thunder Rosa for, to retain the AW Women's World Title. I like this match. It was technically really good. I thought Thunder Rosa held her own. They got a lot of time, but I just I like a lot of the fans was taken out by the previous match, which was uh, Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara. And believe it or not, I actually have a, a special guest commentator that wanted to, that wanted to join the show. So we're going to actually get him on as well. It's my buddy Ajane, who also ordered this pay-per-view, who was texting me all damn night and, and, and complaining and said, Fred, I got a vent here. So let me hit him up real quick here. So we're going to hit up Ajane. And we're going to get his thoughts on All Out as well and the rest of the show. If he actually answers the phone. So Ajane, what's up, man? Hey, man. Hey, buddy. Well, first things first, Ajane, you are a good friend of mine. You are a contributor behind the scenes on the marketing side to TSC. This is your first time actually on a recap show of ours. So first things first, welcome, my man. Uh, you're a huge wrestling fan. Uh, I just got through halfway through the show, uh, and I recapped the part where the show died, which is Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara. Now, I'd like your, oh. th- I'd like your thoughts on, on this and from here on out, because I feel like the show died after that point. Well, we're lucky that Matt Hardy didn't die after that point. Let's let's be positive. Yeah. Uh, it was there was just a lot. Um, I, there's something about the the pace. We were talking about this a little. Just the pace of the show. Lots of very very long matches, long spots, and this this is where they lost me a little bit. Yeah. Now. What did you think of the tooth and nail match? I I took a a big cue for the lovely Jim Cornette, and I had to skip through this one. I I was trying, and I just couldn't sit through it. I just the the cinematic matches are good done right, but when they're done poorly, it is just rough. It is truly rough. The doctor's office gimmick. Just didn't do it for me. Big Squall doesn't do it for me. Uh, but Brit Breaker's still great, so that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, was, uh, it wasn't my cup of tea. But I like, you know, I, I like Big Swole as a personality, but she's – a lot of the women in that, on that roster have a lot of work to do. And, and honestly, a lot of people, men and women, have a lot to do. I'm not – I know EAW gets a lot of criticism for the women's division and everything else. I think you should criticize them for not recruiting enough women at the caliber of Hikaru Shida and Thunder Rosa more than the actual division. Because I think a lot of the division is still kind of green, still kind of learning right now. I think they were very exposed in a tag team tournament. You know what I mean? So I'm not hating so much. Like I don't think Hikaru Shida needs like a half hour every show or anything like that. But I do think that, I don't know, they, they need to do something. They need to change it up a little bit because, yeah, this this was rough. But, you know. Uh, Hikaru Shida is great. I really like Thunder Rosa. The match, I didn't really, I wasn't really feeling it too. Uh, okay, I like the match, but I just wasn't feeling it after the Matt Hardy thing. Big Swole, she's got some work to do. Britt Baker, she's got some work to do. But Britt Baker on the mic is awesome, and I think when she's fully healed, uh, she's gonna be an absolute star if she's not already. But yeah, you, you know, you make a, you make a really good point. I think this whole show and maybe AEW as a whole has a problem of trying to make everyone seem important. And yes. instead of just making the people that are important more important, they kind of bring everyone down to the same level. 
Oh my goodness, dude. I was just you texting Dude, I was just texting you and I was texting my friend Candace about this too. Like, you know what I mean? Like you need it's okay for some people to be mid carters. It's okay for some people to be role players. You know what I mean? Like it, it's just it's fine. Yeah. You're, gonna, you're not gonna have Pat Beverly take the last shot when you got Kawhi. Like you're just not Thank you. By, by the way, we missed the NBA playoffs for this. So just to remind you of that. So it hurts inside. Yeah, it did. So let's go to our next match here. Matt Cardona, the former Zack Ryder, Scorpio Sky, Dustin Rhodes, and QT Marshall with Allie and Brandy Rhodes. I guess Brandy recovered from her attack, but Cody didn't. Defeated the Dark Order, that being Brody Lee, Colt Cabana, Evil Uno, and Stu Grayson. This went like 15 minutes. Felt like a dynamite match. Did not feel like a pay-per-view match. God bless Matt Cardona. We love the guy here. He had met him before, nice guy, but they really have done a bad job reintroducing him, or I guess introducing him to the AEW audience. And they have and he's just kind of like a guy right now. But yeah, they're all just guys. And another eight man tag. Every every week for the last two months, there's been some version of an eight man tag. I'm good. I can never see another eight man tag in my life and I'll be okay. Yeah. I- it's it's a, I wasn't feeling this one at all, but I'll say this: Dustin Rhodes might be the best worker in AEW, and that's not an exaggeration. He's awesome. He's like yeah. fifty years old, and he is the most safe, technically sound, probably realistic worker on that entire roster. He is he's great. He is great. He and, is great. Yeah, and he got the pin here, and he is going to get a AEW TNT title shot against Brody Lee uh, this Wednesday on Dynamite. Brody Lee, aka Luke Harper, I like him a lot, but. Him and Otis, I put them in the same category as this. The more I hear them cut a promo, the more I don't want to see them. Or the more, or, no, the less I care about them. When Otis is like, oh yeah, and whatever, I'm cool. When he's doing super long skits, I, I, I just don't want to see this guy. And Brody Lee, same thing. Brody Lee, first of all, Vince McMahon sucks. But if there's one thing I could agree, agree with Vince McMahon on, it is bizarre that a guy that looks like Brody Lee doesn't have a Southern accent. It's it's he should he should be like an Ozark type of guy. It's so weird that he's just like this well-spoken dude. Like he should at least like be growling or something. But he's like he's, he's got to at least come up with something. He, sa- he should have he should have a, a, a one accent that he could commit to memory at this point. I agree. Like I, like it, it takes you out of the match. It's great that he's dominant and he destroyed Cody, but. It's weird when you hear him on the mic and he sounds like a dude trying to sell you a pyramid scheme. Like, those guys are annoying, but they're not intimidating. Yeah. And that's the thing. He leads the, the band of uh, internet junkies. He, he leads the people in the basement. The incel cult. Yeah. And he's barely authoritative over them. As much as he yells and tries to be, it still seems like he may just be one of them. Yeah. It's rough. And then... At ringside, Brandy brawled with Anna Jay. Uh, by the way, Anna Jay's only had maybe like 20 or something matches or, or something like that in her career so far. She's been trained by QT Marshall. And QT Marshall, I don't care that much about him as a wrestler, but he's a hell of a trainer. He's an alum of the Monster Factory here in Jersey with Danny Cage. Uh, he did a hell of a job with Anna Jay because she's been really good for her experience level. And in the middle of this brawl, Jim Ross was like, does she have a wardrobe malfunction? Maybe uh, wishful thinking on my part. And I'm just like, oh, my God. And then, in, in Jr.'s defense, he seemed pretty bored throughout this show. There are a lot of spots in the show where clearly Excalibur was living his best life, and Jr. just wanted to get out of there. True. No, that's no, that's a fair point. 
that, that, that is indeed a fair point, you know, and, and Excalibur kept being annoying. Oh, don't pay Suicida. Whatever. <laughs> God. So anyway, uh, yeah. And then JR tweeted afterwards, you know, my weak attempt at humor, lighten up. And then he tweeted the, the tongue emoji. So uh, there, there's that. It, it <laughs> that. Honestly, whether you like JR or not, that that whole deal is more entertaining than a lot of the stuff on the show. Ugh. We had we had the most disappointing match of the night, in my opinion. FTR, Cash Wheeler, and Dax Harwood, a.k.a. Uh, the Revival, uh, with Tully Blanchard, who's now their manager for no reason, no storyline explanation, unless they did it on one of their thousand YouTube shows. They defeated Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page for the AEW World Tag Team titles. This match went 29 minutes. I, went lo- I was watching oh this God. at the same time as Overeem versus Sakai on ESPN+. Plus. This went longer than that fight, and that fight went like three or four rounds. And, man, way too long. I don't think that empty arena matches should go or, – or limited capacity arena matches should go more than 15, 20 minutes. You know, maybe 20 minutes if you're like Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre having like a killer match. But th- this was not it. And I don't know what it is because I'm a huge fan of both teams. You know, not so much the wackiness surrounding them lately, but as far as like wrestlers, like they're all great wrestlers – but this, something was missing here. Finish came when Omega hit the V-trigger by accident on Hangman. And then uh, one of the Revival guys clipped his knee. They hit the spike pile driver, shades of Tully and Arn, got the pin, won the tag titles. And I don't know. Once again, something was missing. I don't know if you could put your finger on it. I, there, there were two main things for me, and I chatted with you about this during the show. Just everything went 20 or 25 minutes. Everything felt like it went... 20 minutes and this felt like it went on for an hour because of everything else before like again if this was supposed to be one of the longer matches on the card then god everything else should have been a lot shorter we should have built to this and by the time we got here I, Fred, we were like two hours in two two and a half hours in yeah it's a backbreaker no it was it was nuts like i was t- and you know what's funny we were texting each other and i'm like oh my god the mimosa match is still next yeah, we still have two matches left. It was ridiculous. UFC ended before the show. Like, <laughs> and you and if you don't know, UFC shows usually run pretty long, especially during like the FS1 era. They ran forever, and UFC on ESPN Plus ran ran less time than, than this. It was ridiculous. Anyway, Orange Cassidy this, versus Chris. Good. This is the match that Tori fell asleep on. It was that long. Yeah. Tori being your, your, your lovely and significantly smarter than you girlfriend. Shout out to her. She's awesome. She, she knew when to tap out on this one. God bless her. Orange Cassidy defeated Chris Jericho in a Mimosa Mayhem match via Mimosa. They brought like a tub or holes of Mimosa. It looked like tic-tac-toe between the, the freaking ring. And Jericho got knocked down in it. And look. Orange Cassidy, I'll say it before, I've said it again, I appreciate the fact he's built a following for himself. Respect to a dude that doesn't have to take as many bumps as other dudes to make money. The Kevin Nash method. I got I got to respect it. I got to respect it. And it's cool that he's a meme. It's cool that he sells merch. But there are levels to this game. And your, your $3 million man, or however much you're paying Jericho, who's your only mainstream star, should not should not be doing jobs to a glorified mid-carder. He should not. And look, if you want to have a showcase main event where Jericho loses and he puts over Cassidy and it's like a nice thing that leads to Cassidy maybe 
you know, getting a world title shot for like a week later or something and do like a short term thing. Fine. Fine. But this like prolonged like two month feud with going back and forth. Also, this is the thing, too. If you want to push Cassidy, this is the thing. I still don't feel like enough fans know a lot about him and care. Not, I mean, maybe some care about him, but I feel like a lot like don't know enough about him where you need to turn him like that serious right away. Like, I feel like if you did this like a year later or even six months later, this would have been a bigger deal than, you know, doing that one match out of the blue. Or you know what? You could have done this feud and, and or you know what? You could have done this. I'll take this back. You could have done the feud. And ended it with Jer- with the first match where Jericho just narrowly beat him. And there would have been nothing wrong with that. And that way you could gauge and see if fans take Cassidy seriously. And in fairness to him, okay, he has drawn some decent quarter numbers. But at the same time, it's like, long term, is he really the answer? Like, he's just, I don't know. I don't know. I, that's the overkill. That's the AEW overkill. Is it, they, they had something going and they decided, let's just... Let's put gas behind it. Let's push it to the moon. Orange Cassidy was great as the comedy wrestler. People liked him because of the pockets, because of the kip up with the hands in the pockets. But that's the shtick. If you remove the shtick and you put him in these matches with Chris Jericho, and this, this one was fine. It, it, wasn't, it didn't blow me away. It wasn't the worst thing on the card by any stretch. But do, do we want to see Orange Cassidy as this intense, uh, aggressive person? Is, is this what the fans wanted to see? No, not really. I think we'd, we'd like the original Orange Cassidy. If he, not, he's just one of the other guys. Yeah, and then look, he's and look, shout out to Orange Cassidy. He looks like me if I actually got in a real workout regimen, so I respect that. And I, and I like the fact that he's athletic and he does he does work really hard when he's actually working. But you're right, like if he he is a good wrestler. Nobody's saying he's not a good wrestler. But the thing is what makes him stand out as a good wrestler compared to all the other good wrestlers on the AEW roster? You know what I mean? Does he stand out more than Pentagon? Does he stand out more than Phoenix? Does he stand out more than Lance Archer and Brian Cage? Does he stand out more than Ricky Starks? Does he stand out more than Scorpio Sky? I wouldn't say so. I definitely wouldn't say so. And that's no disrespect to him. But, you know, he had a thing that makes him stand out. That's cool. But, you know, again, there's limits, man. I feel like there's a cap. And this is the thing. Chris Jericho is elevating Cassidy. And there's nothing wrong with elevating Cassidy except for the fact that Chris Jericho is literally your only mainstream star. So the amount of times Chris Jericho can put somebody over and make it mean something is limited in this environment. So when he does it, you have to have him do it for somebody that, you know, long term is going to be your answer, i.e. MJF i.e. Jungle Boy, i.e. Scorpio Sky. And Scorpio Sky is obviously on the older side, but he's still a you know, young-looking guy, and he, is, to the best of my knowledge, hasn't had a lot of injuries or anything like that. Like, he's got some time. But there are guys like that presently in the future who you could put over. Again, Jungle Boy being the prime example for me that I feel like could be an absolute stud, a huge star within a couple of years. But instead, you do this silliness. And not only that, too, not only do you put him over, and that's fine, but he did so with all the silliness, and it's like, and and Jericho always says, "Oh, wins and losses don't matter, and bulletproof, blah blah blah." No, they do, they do, because even in WWE, he got to a point where he was doing way too many jobs to the point where it didn't matter anymore. Yeah, the check still cleared, but it didn't matter anymore. If you don't protect a guy, even a legend like him, guess what? It doesn't mean anything. And it's the same thing in real life. BJ Penn, one of the greatest fighters of all time in his prime, but the dude lost like straight up six, seven straight fights in UFC. 
And by the time he was done, and I think he might actually still be fighting, which is sad. What did it mean to beat BJ Penn? Rashad Evans, same thing. Dude lost like five straight fights. What does it mean anymore to beat Rashad Evans if he's lost five straight fights? So that that's and, and we, yeah. We've been there with Chris Jericho at this point. That's that's the unfortunate part, is they they've been here. They gave him they, they gave they gave him the title. They made him beat Cody for some reason. They put him in a position where he was rejuvenated, for lack of a better term. And then went straight back to Orange Cassidy, WWE, Chris Jericho, where any, anybody can win. Anybody can win. Chris Jericho will modify his gimmick to match whatever stick is necessary to get through. And he's a creative enough and talented enough guy that he, he, he gets it done. He gets by. Even that promo today, he was really good with Marvez. He, he took all the shots. He took all the jokes. It was relatively entertaining. But at some point, you know, the, the Fandangos and the Orange Cassidy's add up. Yeah, they add up, and on top of that, it's like, again, he's your top guy. He's your only mainstream guy. He's the one guy that's a legit draw in your company. <laughs> you know what I mean? And even if he wants to do this, like somebody like Tony Khan has got to reel him in and say, yo, we'll do this one match. We'll do a one-match program. You can make him look good, whatever the case may be, but you're our top guy. We want to protect you. We want you to keep being a, a top contender. Like. At this point, I think Jericho is just kind of like, okay, you know what, you know, I, I may, you know what, maybe Jericho physically is starting to break down, and understandably so because he's older now, and anybody at that age going at a high level like that would, you know, maybe he's like, you know what, this is my way to prolong a way to prolong my career. But I feel like there's better ways to do that while still keeping him at the main event level because even if he takes that Orange Cassidy tomorrow or Wednesday night or whatever, like he just went through two months of BS and. All that hard work that he put together and that and that NJPW put together and AW put together for him. I'm not saying it's down the drain, but man, I mean they really kind of eroded a lot of that. A lot of that main event credibility that he had, they really eroded that as far as like being a serious threat. And yeah, it's it's quite it's quite it's quite unfortunate. And then our main event, which started at like eleven forty something or thirty something, I don't even know anymore. John Moxley, MJF, this went almost twenty four minutes for some crazy reason. I'm a big MJF fan, but they have done a horrific job of building up, building him up the last few months. He, there's been times where he's barely been on the show. There's been times where maybe he'll cut one line. There's been times where maybe he'll wrestle, then maybe he doesn't. And they did some stupid skit with him, uh, you know, having presidential speeches or whatever. He, he has a lawyer who's talking for him. And the lawyer, in fairness to him, did a pretty good job with the promos, but you don't need anybody to cut promos for MJF. And in this match... MJF, I guess they try to give MJF some credibility, understandably so. He got busted open because everybody has to bleed in AEW. Whenever profusely, <laughs> seriously, that's this, just a regular trickle. This, profusely, this felt like the summer of AEW 2020 feels like TNA, old TNA. Because you remember in TNA, even though they had a lot of guys that had good matches, a lot of it didn't matter, and they always went overboard with the table spots with the thumbtacks, with the blood. I mean, how many times did Kurt Angle gig and this guy gig and Sting gig and AJ Styles gig? I mean, you, you remember back in the day. I mean, it's like, yeah. it's it's ridiculous. I mean, this felt like 2011 Impact, maybe before that, honestly. Probably like more like 2009. And they had a decent match. Uh, the, the finish came when Wardlow threw the AEW ring to MJF to use it kind of like brass knuckles. Referee was distracted. They can't come up with a finish. Yeah. Referee was distracted. John Moxley hit the paradigm shift double arm DDT, which, by the way, was banned. But I guess it's an out for MJF to be protected. 
got the pin, one, two, three. And John Moxley versus Lance Archer coming soon. I don't really care for this. Uh, overall, I can't believe I'm saying this. AEW, say what you want about their TV. They've always had great pay-per-views. Other than the horrible Moxley-Omega match that they wanted to do an ECW tribute of. Uh, the Other than that like match, but even then, Full Gear is pretty good. This is by far the worst AEW pay-per-view of all time. And this is not a good trend if they're going to continue this. Like, they really need some quality control. And yeah, I got to give it a thumbs down. Any thoughts? I, I have to give it several thumbs down only because of the, the weeks of TV that led up to this. Like, this really was kind of a microcosm of all the struggles that they have been having recently. And, and we talk about a lot of them. But the inability to get people over or get, to, get the storyline to a particular destination is, is an issue. We, we're doing too many things at once, right? The, and I'm sure you talked about this earlier. The spot with Brian Cage when he threw Darby Allen in the body bag. Oh, my God, yeah. In the middle of a 21-man battle royal that has its own fancy rules where people come out at weird times, it's just so much. It's all so much. And you get lost in the chaos. You, and, and some of it is good chaos. Some of it's bad chaos. Some of it's funny. Some of it's serious. But there's so much of it that you forget what's important and what's not important. Yeah, and you don't know who you're supposed to cheer for, not cheer for, and you don't know who is legitimately over or who's not over, especially with no fans in the stands. Yeah, I mean, I've been really down on AEW this this summer. I've been down on WWE as well, and yeah, I texted you, man. This is this is the time for me, to, I think, to renew my New Japan World subscription. Seriously, I'm over North American wrestling has been rough, has been rough these last few months, and. When you've been watching wrestling as long as us, and I'm a little bit older than you, I've been watching wrestling for a pretty long time, and you see a lot of the good stuff. And you also, if you're like us, they also watch a lot of the old stuff that's really good uh, on, the, on the network and everything else. Like, you see what good wrestling is, you see psychology, and I don't mind athleticism and all that stuff too, but man, like, I feel like it's just going too much the other way. It's a lot of style, not enough substance, not enough continuity, not enough quality control. Again, like, I'll just give you an example again, like, Tully Blanchard. Randomly managing FDR, no real storyline explanation. Uh, you know, Adam Page and the Young Bucks having heat, and they just jump from like square one to like square four. You know, they break up That's on a random worst dynamite. Of all time. Oh my God, they had the worst act. Yeah, they had the worst act. If, for those that didn't watch Dynamite, the Bucks got mad at Adam Page, and backstage they had the worst act. One of the, some of the worst act they've ever seen. I mean, I mean, I mean, ser- seriously, Bang Brothers would have sued them for, for bad acting. They say, so go to the backstage, and not that I know what that is. I just, you know, I've, I've heard about it from, I've heard about it from Ajane. Anyway, so they go backstage, and they're like, why did you do that, man? I can't believe you. You are out of the elite. And they just walk away. This man held a drink in his hand for about 45 seconds before he threw it in another grown man's face, who then did nothing. He made sad puppy eyes. The dude that we, the dude that we tried to put as the top babyface in AEW before this all started, he just stood there. The drunk stood there, took the drink in the face, and that was the end of the segment. I, I don't know. And, you're and you're out. You're the, out of the elite, Ajit. Like, I'm done. I'm done with this, man. They, they need some quality control. There are too many damn cooks in the kitchen. Yes, they do a lot of things better than JDB as far as respecting the history of the business, allegedly, as far as protecting some championships. 
as far as you know the theatrics, as far as not being as anal with certain things as WWE is with their talent. That is all great. That is all great. I'll give Tony Khan props for that. But just because you're not WWE does not absolve you from di- just disregarding continuity, disregarding logic, and of course, above all else, disregarding medical protocols. It just, it doesn't. It doesn't. And I don't know. This was the one night where it felt like the AEW company was run by the same people that run the Jacksonville Jaguars. And if you don't know about the Jaguars, they ain't being run very well right now. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I hope the Matt Hardy incident really helps them reevaluate because for weeks they have been doing incredibly dangerous, reckless things with with really no reward system. There was no upside to any of this. I hope he's okay, but it should really be a sign to all of them with everything they're doing the 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 body bag with the thumbtacks, the 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 unnecessary bleeding all over the place, the the freestyle hopping from turnbuckle to turnbuckle to the floor, like holistically they need to just reevaluate and take a step back and maybe calm down a little bit. These guys are doing way too much. I don't want to see anybody get hurt. I don't want to see anybody take a risk that's super unnecessary. And that seems to kind of be the basis of what AEW has been about lately. Yeah. Oh, by the way, um, Kip Sabian is having a storyline wedding with Penelope Ford, although he actually is getting married to her and, uh, you know, interesting choice of men, but that's all good. So she, she's getting married to him, and they're going to have a best man. or a, He's going to name the best man on Wednesday. Who do you think it is? I hope it's Joey Janela. <laughs> That'd be wacky. I wouldn't know. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, so John Alba here is tweeting out. He's a report. By the way, he's a, a reporter for uh, Spectrum Sports, really good reporter for uh, for Spectrum Sports in Florida. He says... Tony Khan says health and safety is foremost, says Matt Hardy is okay. Tony stopped the match. Doctor checked on him. Doctor cleared him per protocol, and Matt passed concussion test. Went to the hospital, but is okay. But is okay? What? When did I do the per- concussion protocol? Was there a part of the match that was pre-taped or something? Or where? Like... Why did it restart? Who who needed to see that match complete? If they weren't going to complete it on the spot, which they could have easily just counted Matt Hardy out to 10 and this would have been done, but who needed this match to continue? Like, they've clearly shown themselves willing to kind of navigate out of whatever storyline wall they backed themselves into. What what was the need for it to continue at all? Yeah, So so here's some more notes from Alba here. John Moxley says his wife, the former Renee Young, has a long non-compete for working for a wrestling company. He wouldn't be surprised if she eventually shows up. She was at the show tonight. Moxley says he wishes AEW and New Japan had a working relationship. I don't think New Japan wishes that after watching this show. Uh, Moxley confirms what I told you. What I told you is absurdly humid tonight. So that sucks. Yeah, I still don't understand that. So they did concussion protocol and he continued. I mean, we were watching it as it happened. That didn't look like a real concussion protocol. At all, it couldn't have been. And if that there was about, and if that's their concussion protocol, what the hell? If that's their concussion protocol, then they need a new concussion protocol. There was about max two and a half minutes in between where they stopped the match, and then when Matt Hardy came back out and they did that little dance to the top, that was crazy. But there was about two and a half minutes. I don't know any 
concussion protocol that takes that quickly, especially the way he hit his head. Yeah, and you know what? If that's the way they do concussion protocol again for the Jags, that says a lot. That's all I got. That's all I got. I'm not trying to pile on, but that's that's all I got to say. Let's see. Um, okay, Khan says despite the heat, it's better to be outdoors given the COVID situation. Okay, I'll agree with him there. But um, by the way, the bleeding during a pandemic—I don't care how much you're testing—stop bleeding. And also, too, we're both NBA fans. Do they have to keep putting the announcers right next to each other? Especially two dudes like like uh, Jr. and Tony, who are pretty old. I don't know. I, I don't know. I look. You know how I feel about Excalibur. I don't think that he should ever be there. And Ta- honestly, Taz is so much better. Honestly, Sean Spears was so much better. Yeah, this should have a two man announce team of Jr. and Taz. Like that's that's the answer. But again, everyone wants to play too many roles. Everyone wants to be a manager and an announcer and a wrestler, and it, it's all friends wrestling, man. Yeah. Uh, okay, John Alba says, I asked Tony Khan about the decision he made to allow Matt Hardy to work to climb the scaffolding once after he was cleared. Khan said he was very concerned, which is why they stopped the match, but once Hardy passed the protocol, they felt okay allowing him to happen as planned. Dumb as hell. I'm sorry, man. Tony, Tony, you take an L here. That That is... Ooh. Ooh. That, that is bad. Yeah, yeah, a lot not of good. people. Not good. Not, not, not good at all. Ugh, not, not, not good at all. And then, man, anyway. Anyway, what, uh, what else do we got? Okay, so before we go, there's been, I don't know if you've been following the big controversy about uh, WWE not allowing uh, third-party uh, wrestlers to use third-party services to make money. Have you heard about this? I have heard about this. Yeah, so... Long story short, WWE released a memo which was leaked, I believe, or reported by, I believe Wrestling Inc. was the original source of this. Uh, WWE, Vince McMahon, do not want wrestlers using their likeness, their name, whatever, to make money off of third-party services to protect the image of the company and further grow the brand. It's absolutely asinine because a lot of these people are using their real names on these platforms. Never mind the fact that they're not running as many live events because of the fact that there's a pandemic. Never mind the fact that just six and a half years ago, WWE lowered pay-per-view payoffs because they cannibalized everything for their WWE network that's $9.99 a month instead of a $60 pay-per-view. Never mind the fact that WWE already put its workers in danger earlier this year by not testing at all and only doing so after like 30 people tested positive. Uh, But apparently Vince McMahon's coming down and having wrestlers exit these platforms such as Cameo, Twitch, Possibly YouTube, TikTok, maybe even TikTok. If, if TikTok's on there, that's ridiculous because that's technically a social network uh, within 30 days. This, of course, got a huge uproar from fans. Kevin Nash, Mick Foley, even Andrew Yang, former TSC News guest, who also, by the way, is a former presidential candidate. And Andrew Yang straight up said that if Biden wins and he's the head of the Department of Labor, or knows the Department of Labor head, which he probably will if Biden wins. He's going to make a call and make sure that Vince McMahon can no longer classify wrestlers as independent contractors. In fact, even Batista retweeted it and just said, I'm going to leave this right here. So he said something without saying something. Either way, to me, it's absolute BS because, one, these wrestlers are growing their brand and growing your company's brand on their own. Two, you're taking money out of their pockets that's chump change for you when you made 400% 400% increase in profits year to date. On top of that, 
if you follow the stock market like I do, and you see Vince McMahon buying stock, selling stock, all this stuff, all the fluctuations with Apple and Tesla and these different companies and with the stock market held on a deck of cards right now, a house of cards that could easily fall with everything overly inflated. I mean, who's taking more money from WWE than Vince McMahon himself? Seriously. So, and plus to do all that during a pandemic. Utterly ridiculous. Now I'm, I, I'm fully with you. Yeah. Now I think Vince is doing this because AJ Styles admitted on his Twitch stream that he had COVID-19. And because Vince McMahon's all macho and probably thinks this disease is, is fake or virus is fake or what other damn idiots. I'm not going to say a bad word here. Uh, you know, he probably was like, no, God damn it. We need to change this up. So now because of AJ Styles' stupidity, being a flat earther. Actually, I'm not, you know what? I'm not even going to call AJ Styles stupid, even though he is a flat earther. Okay. But because of Vince McMahon's stupidity and stupid reaction towards AJ Styles being real for a second, now a bunch of wrestlers are going to lose out on money. Now, I could see some guys standing up for themselves. If this, say, cuts into like Xavier Woods' hustle or Big E's hustle or Lana's hustle, who do really well. I mean, I could see a little bit of an uprising, but at the end of the day, man, like we've seen it time and time again from the Saudi Arabia situation, whether it was a, a plane malfunction or hostage situation or whatever. We've seen it with the COVID situation where a lot of these wrestlers kept coming to work despite the fact there was no testing whatsoever. Okay. We've seen all, all these situations time and time again, Daddy B not increasing payoffs despite getting record-breaking TV money. Time and time again, I get it. I know you're uh, in a billion, you work for a billion dollar company and you're nervous to go up against a billion dollar company. But look, not everybody's Riddick Moss. I get a guy, why well, a guy like Riddick Moss might want to be like, all right, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fall back. I'm not going to do anything. But if you're, I'm just using examples here. I'm not saying they will or won't. But if you're a guy like Biggie or Xavier Woods or Kofi Kingston or Lana or whomever with a real following, with a real following who would definitely win the court of public opinion. Who was popular enough where he could go on Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, all these online and TV media outlets, and put Diddy be on blast and make him look bad, and get you know polit politicians involved. If you're somebody of that stature, like you shouldn't bow down to this. You shouldn't just say, "Okay, Vince, no problem, man. Take this extra, however thousands of dollars I'm making, and convert it into your own service." And look, if Diddy at least was rolling out their own version of Cameo, and they already rolled it out, and they had everything in place. And he said, look, we'll give you 30 days to get off because we're going to do our own service. I'd say, okay, it's BS, but I sort of understand. But the fact that they don't even have a plan, they're just doing this on the fly in the middle of a pandemic, it is utterly ridiculous. So I've said it before. I'll say it again. Wrestlers, stand up for yourselves. I think we've seen and granted NBA players set up for much bigger than just royalties Okay, in, in the last week or so. But we've seen with the NBA – We've seen with the NFL with Patrick Mahomes putting his foot down. We've seen with all cross sports when athletes, when talent have a cause they truly care about and they step up to the plate and they say, hell no. Guess what? Things usually get done. So I hope that these wrestlers do that. I hope a guy like Big E and Xavier Woods and whomever, if they have to give up these profitable third-party revenue streams, I hope they stand up for themselves. I, I really do. Because if not, I mean... I don't want to say you deserve what you get because that's too harsh, but something's got to give. You got to make some sacrifices to make things better. And in the case of some of the top stars like Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre, if you see a guy like Biggie or Xavier or Lana or 
I don't know, man. Throw out another name, you know, like th- that's being affected by this. You gotta stand up for them too as a locker room leader, as a, as a top guy. But I'll, I'll let you have the floor on this one because I think I've said enough. Yeah, man. And but the tough thing is that Vince has shown us that he he doesn't care. There's there's there are very few stars that are big that are too big uh, for Vince to not kick to the t- curb. I mean, we we've seen him kick stars to the curb left and right. CM Punk took a stand. He hasn't been back. He's been back in some small capacities, not really affiliated with the WWE. But that's where that kind of, uh, you know, that line gets drawn, and that's kind of what happens to you. I think the one great thing is obviously we see AEW as a, as a, place, as a, as a place where people can go. Kip Sabian did, uh, took his little shot. AEW took their shot. From the Promoted Twitch, yeah. And, and that, that's great. But honestly, like, you see the stars they got over there, and you see the stars that they have in the WWE, and it, it doesn't leave a lot of room or a lot of sense of confidence uh, if you're those guys in the WWE locker room and you don't have that backing of a Roman Reigns or a Drew McIntyre to, to leave and go elsewhere. I think we see, with, even with Rusev, who, who knows what's going to happen with him and where he goes, but you know, what, what is Rusev's actual you know, strength? What is his actual popularity, right? Is it all tied to the WWE brand, or does he have something on his own? Clearly, Lana has something on her own. Does that, does that translate to him? Xavier Woods has his own thing going. I think that that will exist with or without the WWE. But how many superstars are really in that position where their side hustle is kind of as important or more important or more successful than their WWE career? And if that's not the case, then it seems like Vincer has the upper hand and, and history has shown he's unwilling to change. Yeah, I mean, I think as CM Punk tweeted, they can't fire everybody, which is true. And I think if enough... Non main event talent or mid card on the cusp talent stood up for themselves. It's gonna look bad if Vince just fired or suspended or put forty like thirty to forty guys on ice. I, I think I it would look. You, I think I think that would look bad, especially if all of them go public and reach out to SAG and or reach out to some other union, you know, union head or somebody like that, and go to the media. Like that's the thing. Like the talent has always had the power. They have always had the power. You just have to do it a certain way. And you have to hit them where it hurts. Hit Vince McMahon where it hurts. His wallet and in the media. Because they love to control the narrative. Again, NBA, obviously, more dire real-life consequences than just promote than just going for royalties and stuff. They promote, you know, they're obviously trying to get real social change, and that's that's incredible. But again, you could use the NBA as an example, though. Because they showed and or, or I guess reaffirmed that look, without the talent, you got nothing. And sometimes you got to make and sometimes you got to make the tough decisions to, you know, like like boycotting, like going on strike in order to get your point across and get things done. And you know, you're right though. History has shown us that this won't happen. So, I guess our only hope is if we do get a new administration and Andrew Yang is either part of the administration or happens to be tight with the Department of La- Department of Labor, he could investigate them and take care of it. But again, Vince McMahon has shown through multiple administrations no matter what party that he, he can get away with it. So I, I, I will believe it when I see it, but I urge every wrestler, if you have enough people that can be gathered, if you really feel that strongly about it, stand up for yourself, go to the media, do what you got to do. Worst case scenario, they fire you. Oh, well. You'll be, you might Remember, be a better star for it. Exactly. Batista was in Guardians of the Galaxy. That could be you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And let me see here. Is there anything else going on? Um, oh, AOP was released. 
They've been bit with the injury bug, but I think they still should have kept them and kept them with Rollins, but whatever. Um, Dynamite did over 900,000 viewers, which is pretty good. Um, as I mentioned, AJ Styles revealed he tested positive. Bailey and Sasha Banks broke up on SmackDown. That sucks. They lost to Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, and then Bailey just beat the hell out of Sasha for eternity, and then and then uh, pilmanized her neck with a steel chair. I thought it was too soon. I feel like they've been the best act in the company for this whole year. And to break them up right now, I, unless Sasha is going to be selling for four months, I think it was the wrong time. Still a great angle. But the, here's the other problem. We've seen so many people get thrown off stages, thrown off buildings, kind of similar to AEW. You know, an eye you know, extracted, all this stuff like that. So am I really supposed to be like, oh, my God, Sasha's never going to come back? They'll still have a great feud because those two are absolutely great. They're gems. But I, I thought it was a little too soon for that. Um, Sami Zayn's back as the Intercontinental Champion or the Uncrowned Champion. Uh, Alexa Bliss is teasing joining Bray Wyatt. Uh, Jay Uso won a fatal four-way match with Corbin, Sheamus, and Matt Riddle to face Roman Reigns at Clash of Champions in a few weeks. That should be random but interesting. Uh, should be Best a hell of a moment match. of the week. Yeah, should be a hell of a match, though. Should be a hell of a match. And uh, Roman cut a promo with Paul Heyman in tow. Paul Heyman said that Roman Reigns was the one that corrupted him. Pulled him out of obscurity. This is his island. Uh, I know some people didn't like the tribal references because, you know, maybe it's playing a little, a little too much of the Simone stereotype. But I don't know. I thought Roman came off pretty badass. And yeah, that's the one thing. One of the few things on the male side I do like in WWE is uh, Roman Reigns being absolutely awesome. Randy Orton's facing Drew McIntyre again at, at Clash of Champions. I guess Orton has to win, even though I don't think he should win right now. But he's been on a tear lately. And, uh, you know, Keith Lee has been relatively protected. And, and, you know, other than the ugly tennis suit, I think he's been relatively protected. And hopefully that'll bode well for him. And, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Ajne, before we go, man. uh, Well, actually, you know what? I'll go to some questions. I'll let you go because I know it's late. Uh, Do you want to plug all the stuff you got going on on YouTube before I let you go? Sure. Uh, I am working on a upstart digital wrestling company. If any of you play 2K, WWE 2K19, not 2K20. We want to avoid all of that. But if you play WWE 2K19 on the PS4, make sure that you go to unitedprowrestling.org or you go to our YouTube channel, uh, United Pro Wrestling there. Uh, streaming all our great episodes. We have the Inception pay-per-view, uh, which is happening tomorrow if anyone is interested. Um, and that's it. There you go. United Pro Wrestling. You, we have a playlist on there as well. If you browse our playlist, it's right there. Or just search uh, United Pro Wrestling, WB2K19. And UPW, you'll find it right there. Ajane, thanks so much, man. Let's do it again soon. Definitely. Thanks, Fred. All right. Take care, man. All right. Before we go, let me get to some of the comments here. James Jones, is your title correct? Was it really the worst AW pay-per-view ever? Yes, it absolutely was. Uh, okay, NXT Super Tuesday. What do you think about that? Well, Daniel Soto, I, I like that Adam Cole and, and Finn Balor are wrestling because I think it'll be a hell of a match. I don't like the fact that the previous week I watched an hour-long match with Gargano, Ciampa, Cole, and Bauer. A hell of a match, and it ended in a draw. Complete waste of time. That's the problem with WWE. Complete. You know, AEW, lack of continuity. Everything's all over the place. WWE... It feels like you're watching things that are just a complete waste of time. All right. Um, let's see what else we got here. Do you think MJF will get a rematch? I think eventually. It leaves the opening, but I think they need to build them up for the next year. 
Uh, I can't wait for NXT UK September 7th. I can. Other than Walter, I really don't care for NXT UK. Actually, I like Walter. I like the women. I don't really care for any of the other guys, especially after they're just speaking out controversy. Um, what do you think uh, about Evil Uno? I think he's talented. I'm not saying he's not talented. I'm just saying that the gimmick is an incel cult. And I'm just not into it. You know, I don't think. I'm not saying the guys themselves aren't talented at all. But you know, I'm I'm just not I'm I'm just not feeling the gimmick at all, and I haven't for a while. Okay, what do you think happens at the next pay per view? Yeah, okay, I'll cl- okay, I'll close it out here. So by the way, John Alba says that Tony Khan says. He will not stop the roster from trying to monetize other revenues. Admit sponsors can make things tricky. Okay. You know what? At least he was honest and transparent there. I still think his medical excuse is absolute BS, but I'll give him props for, for that thing. But I'm sure he'll be hearing from Rebby Hardy and perhaps Matt Hardy's attorney. We'll see what happens. He, he Put it this way. Matt Hardy's check better be pretty thick. You know, it better be uh, a, lot, a lot of zeros there because they, they owe him one. Okay. So as far as predictions for the next pay-per-view... Full gears in a few months. I don't know, actually. I, I re- honestly, I really can't predict it. I'll predict the next day to be pay-per-view. I think Orton beats McIntyre, even though I don't want it to happen, and I think Roman Reigns beats Jey Uso. So we'll see. And hopefully they won't do Bailey and Sasha Banks right away, but WWE is rather impatient. But anyway, folks, I hope you enjoyed this lengthy podcast. We're sorry we went a little late. Again, I didn't expect AW to run so long, but... If you enjoyed this podcast, wherever you're watching, please like, share. If you're on iTunes, give us a five-star review. We greatly appreciate it. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and enable notifications because we cover pro wrestling, MMA, pro football, video games. You name it, we got it. I got my Madden review coming up, my my interview with PJ Black coming up, a.k.a. Justin Gabriel, and my Tony Hawk's Pro Skater review coming up. So until then, please check us out. You can also visit my official website, fredrichani.com that has links to pretty much everything you need to you see that's fredrichani.com until next time everybody thank you so much for watching for listening and as always enjoy the matches